This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wood, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Cabal Cast, our new episode for the week. We are covering uh, distro problems with Modern Horizons. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you follow us, we tweeted out a little bit earlier. It was a conversation we'd had with distributors where they basically said, look, this is it. We're out, and there's nothing left. Uh, they don't have any currently on purchase order. Current purchase orders are M20 and uh, Spellbook. That's it. So let's let's get it taken away then for the details here. Yep. Uh, so a couple things we, we want to touch on on top of that was not just uh, MH1 allocation in regards to what's sitting at distro, which is goose egg, but the fact that this is a set in a string of three. So we have, uh, if you, I think if you include War of the Spark, it's four, just like bang, 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 bang. Immediately. Yeah. War of the Spark, a couple of weeks later, MH1, a couple of weeks later, we're going to have Core 2020, which looks to be another banger of a set. Then... August 23rd, uh, I just checked this, we get Commander 2019, and then in September we get our fall set. So that is basically once a month starting in May, new sets. MH1 is supposed to be a print-to-demand set, much like Battle Bond was, but with all these sets coming in the pipe, when is there time to print a second run after demand is sated or demand or rather we run out of product and there is still demand for it. Is this just going to turn into another battle bond? And that's a distinct possibility. But yeah. uh, something that was interesting that kind of spurred this topic was we were fiddle farting around this week while I was at uh, Magic Fest DC was the announcement from Distro. Yeah. And you, you threw that at me and we, and we just kind of ran with this topic. So uh, yeah. what happened with, with that? So... Basically, what happened was, first off, uh, a couple of distributors couldn't get their whole allocation okay. for Modern Horizons. Uh, financially, just didn't have it pre-sold, whatever. So mm -hmm. a third distro came in and said, we'll buy the rest. So went to that third distro, and they you know, picked up some cases. And he was like, look, do you need any more? I'm like, not right now. And he goes, because this is it. We've, we've got... Our next purchase order is Core 20 and Spellbook. Mm -hmm. And after that, we'll have Commander and maybe more War. They don't even know if Modern Horizons is going to be on the next purchase order. But that means, according to them, the soonest we would get a restock, the absolute soonest, would be the end of August. Yep. Which is crazy to think about. because it's the end of Q4, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... End of August means we get two runs, we're yeah. not likely to get a third by the end of the year. So, you know, everyone that was hyping this is an at-will product, they're going to print to demand, whatever, they literally can't. They can't because of how their release structure works. And this is similar to Conspiracy 1 was released the same way. Okay. You had like a month and a half lead time, and it was jammed in between a series of four sets. Oh, is that the first time people were like, holy crap, wall fatigue? Yeah. yeah. And now they're yet again like, holy crap, wallet fatigue. Mm. Well, you know, when everyone's scared, be greedy. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this is this is a good time because, you know, honestly, you can still, uh, as of yesterday, 
on TCG, you could still get Modern Horizons boxes for about 180 shipped, which is not that much more than wholesale for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, apparently there's uh, another group out there that's doing cases of Russian. Yeah. Like a little over 200 a box. Which, like, if you want to be an absolute greed monster, jump in on that. But yeah, windmill slam that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the lowest on TCG right now is 180 with shipping included. Mm-hmm. Wholesale for most people is between 159 to 164. So. And that's no box hey, topper, right? That's that's with no buy a box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty absurd. That's pretty rough. And. Yeah. On top of that, there was the announcement that came out. You heard on the floor of the GP that uh, I believe it was War of the Spark Sheets should start mailing out, maybe? Yep. Uh, th- that was uh, something I'd read in a Discord admin, and then I also heard it at the booth that eventually War of the Spark Sheets will be shipping. It's I heard this week, but I've seen nothing on Twitter. Nobody's mentioned getting any kind of confirmation number. And this is yeah. what we talked about earlier. If they're printing off these sheets... That means they have to either be running these presses 24 hours a day or interjecting these printings into the printings of another product, or there's another option in which they go with another printer. So we could be getting products of varying qualities and varying print varying printings again. Who knows? That. Yeah, I mean, that's the amount of stuff that they have to print right now for how few printing studios they have. Cause it's not like, you know, they, they have three basic printers that they use one in each of the continents where the game is played. Yep. So you got to figure if they have War of the spark modern horizons core 20 commander 20 and four months, one of them is not going to be in print at any given time. Yep. And, Hey, maybe I'm crazy. I think it's probably going to be Modern Horizons. Yeah, it seems like the most likely culprit because they like to keep standard sets in print for six-ish months, right? Yeah. And I don't think we've actually seen a standard set truly sell out in a while. It feels like sometime around Origins, Distro got super low and the initial run was gone. But by the end of week one or week two of release, the second wave had hit, but... And that was how Dominaria was, was you had, oh, you know, you heard, oh, we're all out. But the next week it was back. Yeah. Well, with War, we had how many, like, we had an extended period where there just weren't boxes available. Like, it was almost a month. Yeah. And uh, the the only filler was anybody arbitraging in from Japan. Yeah. Which makes it interesting. Uh, And now Japan is out. Yeah. Experiencing the shortage we had. So, who knows? Uh, and it's just very interesting to see this because this presents, you know, a really good opportunity because traditionally, right after a set releases, you know, singles crash. Yep. It, and people expect, oh, there's just going to be more of this, whatever. Well, we're not like we're seeing a little bit like some stuff has gone down. I mean, my pick for the week has been pretty steady mm-hmm. since launch, but that's a good sign long term. I think that there's a lot of stuff that's probably long-term underpriced. And I think it's a good opportunity to find your targets in the set and be like, all right, this is something that should be more than it is. Oh, Whether it's uncommon foils or whatever, and just get them now because this is it. There's not going to be, you know, the peak three to six month lull in singles where they hit rock bottom, like all the master sets, all the standard sets, really. Mm -hmm. Like when the next set comes out, 
it's at rock bottom. You've hit as much open as you can in drafts, and that's it. And yeah. I just don't see that happening here because people are going to want M20 to draft. That's going to oh, yeah. be what they draft on Arena. That's what they want to go to their store and draft. Yeah, even if there is another print run for this, you have so many other important products that people are going to be buying that the only time you would really see another mass busting might be around the holidays when there truly is a lull between September and January. Yeah. Now that the Commander release is, is back in the summer again, and there's no From the Vault to look forward to, thankfully. Yeah. You basically have this, oh, October, November, like three-month lull where people can go back and pick up this master set or whatever they feel like they need you know for whatever reasons but the the prices on this set are really interesting you have really high highs and really low lows and it just seems like it's over correction in both directions where yeah. Hogak went up astronomically and came back down to 20 which is probably fine for this card in the short term yeah but then you have cards like Eladomri's Call that were pushed from $4 all the way down to $1.20 heading into the weekend Yeah. for this set. And eventually those numbers will come back and they will settle somewhere in the middle, not compared one to the other, but just in general. And the floor of the set will raise because it's going to be short print run. Your playables yeah. are going to increase in price because they are just going to be short print. As That's what we're expecting is just a short print on the set. So yeah. you can start looking for those cards right now. Some of them still exist. I think Eldamri's cost is still well underpriced. It might be two dollars or less for the set. It's less than two dollars for this set. It's yeah. like a, barely over a dollar. Yeah, which is absurd. And when I found that out over the weekend, I think I bought like twenty-four or something from inside yeah. the hall. I just ordered them off yeah. TCG Player. No, <laughs> no problem. Uh, the other thing is the canopy lands. I got asked for every one of the canopy lands in various quantities almost everyone wanted foil except for the people that wanted the blue green one mm. only one person that asked for that one wanted foil everybody else wanted foil and they're all f close to 50 dollars plus but the price range on those is ridiculous right now or yeah. a as of that weekend there were two over 20 and the others were close to 12 on site so the price for those you can actually compare and say it should probably be somewhere close to the middle. They should all probably exist somewhere around 15, except for maybe the red-white one, which sees plays in burn and humans immediately. Green-black yeah. one is whatever. I don't, I don't know if uh, a fair deck, quote-unquote, can exist in this format right now. Yeah, it, it can't, in my opinion. Sorry. Uh, and the other thing about the set that's kind of interesting that we found out over the weekend because it was a screenshot that came in from the MCQ sign-up of GP Copenhagen, I hadn't hit that time yet where they were going to start the modern mcq by the time we got that screenshot on uh late friday my limited mcq was still going on friday the uh mh1 yeah. right there is a line in that sign up that says if you win that mcq for modern you have to play that same 75 yeah it was in the copenhagen mcq and they hyped deck lists at dc but i couldn't uh, find the registration in time to see if it was the same rule. I assume it is because it seems ridiculous to have disparate rule sets. It's. I found out actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it is only at the Barcelona event. Yep. Because that is after deck registration, so you're required to use that 75 no matter yep. what because okay. that's your registration. So here's the interesting point, and uh, we we have a price wagering channel in our Discord, and somebody was trying. I felt like people were being baited by the question of, will a piece yeah. from Hogak be banned before the MCQ? And the answer is, no. It will it not. Can't. It cannot. Yeah. So, last week I misspoke and I thought this next upcoming MCQ is standard. 
it's not, it's modern, we get a, a ban at Core 2020, which is like a week or two before the MC, so we won't actually get anything banned. So if there's something ridiculous that pops up between now and then, buying in on a short print set is just going to be a great value. Yeah. Because one, short print, two, logically should and, and cannot be banned before that MC. I believe my timings on all of this are correct. We yeah, like... uh, that that is correct. I just... I... I don't think it makes sense because we're not in a memory jar situation, right? Oh, no, not at all. And if you're not in a memory jar situation, it doesn't make sense to go out of your way to be like, oh, man, we need to get rid of this. Yeah, exactly. And like, I watched the Hogak deck win. You can you can go watch a Versus series. Actually, it was like uh, two weeks ago and this past week, two different days, Ross Merriam beat back-to-back -back Relics on turn yeah. three, turn four, Relic, one on turn five with Hogak. And then this past week on a much more tuned version running white, for I can't remember what oh um Wispmare. One yeah. on turn two. He just yep. nut dredged into two bridges, had Alter on turn one, the Hogak, and that was it. You just combo out. That's all you need is Alter, two bridges, and a Hogak. And you go. Maybe a Neonate or a Stitcher or something. To kind yeah. of jumpstart the chain quote unquote or a bench fine, whatever. And you just go. So like look into that kind of stuff, uh, Al Domri's call, 5-0 I think, heading into the weekend. Somebody took yeah. Counter's Company and threw it in there, like I said they should. We'll probably see some toolboxy stuff. Uh, nothing from Urza, so wait on that card. But if we do not right. get a second release, that's going to be probably an expensive card. Especially the foils. Mm -hmm. You know, I it, it's, of course, you know, a mythic foil, so yeah. whatever. But that is looking more and more like a strictly EDH card. Oh, 100%, yeah. And if that's the case, this foil's going to dry up real quick. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I was taking a look at was, honestly, and I think it's the best card in the set, hands down, mm -hmm. Renin 6. Oh, that, yeah. That card is an absolute house. That was the other card we got asked for all day on Friday and Saturday because like, uh, Sunday had a bunch of Legacy events. So you yep. got asked about Renin 6, foil, and non. And I think we had one in our case for either 50 or 60. Yeah. And... It was just a an all an all weekend question for a non standard format based card. Obviously, force of negation and force of green. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, um, a smattering of moms for people building like Maverick style decks, but whatever. Your your yeah. your main culprits. Uh, yeah. This this card though for me is like your Eldamri's again. As mm -hmm. usual, I pick the one with the higher barrier to entry, but. <laughs> I think it's fine. There's a. I was listening back to uh, an idiot. <laughs> an EDH rec podcast today. I think it came out last week and um, somebody had chosen Urza as their hit for the set because you don't need a good artifact to be printed to make Urza good. Yeah. Urza he's just fine on makes his own. artifacts good. Good. Yeah. So you just put him in the deck just like the um, first sliver and stuff like that. Also, uh, in high question for foil. Yeah. You had a bunch, but nobody wanted to pay the price which was interesting because I don't know what they expected to pay when they were pre-ordering for over $200 in foil. People yeah. are buying foil Urzas for over 250 pre-order, but not first level, so can't tell you. Yep, it's it's there, though. That's a real number. Oh, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, to go back to the, the timing of Modern Horizons, this, this, yeah. this is something I touched on with uh, Jeremy Muir in, in April, and we believe that this is the set that's really going to suffer from this just what seems like an infinite run at product releases. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I've also now started hearing people throw around wallet fatigue finally. Mm 
uh, and like local Facebook groups and stuff. And of course, it makes sense. Now is when they feel it. They're not going to buy now. They'll yeah. recuperate for a month. And this print to demand set is suddenly in, you know, a two month hole where they literally just can't print any more of it. Yeah. One of the questions that I have that will kind of shake out over time is what happens to all the playable commons and uncommons and where their floor goes to? Like right now, I think Shenanigans is under 10 cents on TCG Player, which is fine for a common. But that card is really good and will have a home in Modern, but what's the price on that going to be? I think I bought, what did I say, 20 Sling Gang Commanders after the Ringleader uh, preview on Monday night. Yeah. Because twenty cents for that card is ridiculous. If it's going to the Goblins deck, that should be like two or three dollars. Because that's yeah. a win con or one of them. Yeah, and I honestly, I know some people that even play in Legacy, and they've been experimenting with a red black build, yeah. running Slinging over Siege Gang, which you know for so long was sacrosanct in the deck. So that's that's another one that I think is like you said, just very underpriced. Yeah. Uh, and like the Talismans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, the Talisman cycle finally finished, and while I don't have EDH rec info in front of me, they seemed very high on the Talisman cycle in regards to a good printing choice for this set. Yeah. Uh, and the swords. They were higher on the black-red swords like you and I have, or sword like you and I have been in regards to EDH. And yeah. Because, like they said, you don't have to attack the player you want to kill a creature in a Planeswalker from. Somebody's going to have a red or black creature that you can just walk right on through and then pop yeah. something else. Yeah. You know. So, the that that was also those were cheap on the weekend too. I want to yeah. say we had those for under twenty a piece, and I think that's wrong long term. Yeah, I think it's you know it's no like it's better than sort of body and mind. No matter what anybody tells you, that sword's garbage. But yeah. I I think that that in EDH is a you know thirty thirty five dollar card easily. Yeah. You and can I, trade it out at that all day long. And I think that's one of those cards, like I said earlier, that if you just look at the, the deltas between cards that should be worth more, cards that you know are good in EDH, and cards that are just seeing infinite play right now in modern, that yeah. delta is huge, and you can start moving in on those cards to see profits. Or, sorry, profit yeah. in a couple of pretty, months. Pretty quickly, yeah. yeah it, uh, I think Morphon might be the only like appropriately priced uh, commander card from the set right now. I think just yeah. for Commander Urza is well above and beyond what it needs to be. It should dip, and then it'll come back up. Yeah, but I I think about you know maybe twenty to thirty on him is fine. But yeah, Morophon is, and it's funny because when he was spoiled, he was the hottest card in the set. Oh yeah, absolutely, because he made all your slivers free essentially. Yeah, uh, you know, and then Joda started spiking as like a offshoot of that, and yeah. I think that. You know, that, that cooled off pretty quickly. Yeah, the, the joke that it's a shape-shifting commander now allows you to play any goofy tribal you tribe you want. Like, yeah, whatever. It, it's the CMC reduction that, that does its thing and is kind of important to the the deck as a whole. Not slivers or whatever, it's the deck being your 99. Yeah. No, it it's interesting. And I, I don't... We have Core 2020 into... No, the spell book comes out. Yeah, next spell week. Book. Yeah, right. next week or the week after, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Just. Uh, and then you know we get spellbook Chandra, the next month. <laughs> have they announced they're going to do more than these two? I have not heard anything, uh, and you know I I think that if their announcement is you know hey we're done with 
spell books because we're making core sets into spell books. This is the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, you get your three planeswalkers and your uh, addendum card in a respirator this time around. Yeah. Whatever. No, and nothing else slated for the winter, which is basically your reprieve. Yeah, that's that's, that's the to... one time you're able to actually do something with yeah. it, it seems like. And something I've been thinking about, too, because my local environment, it's pretty small and people just kind of churn through product, is at Core 2020. I don't know if... I don't think I'll be working it. I don't even... Trying to think if GP Madison is on the same or Detroit is on the same weekend. It might be a week off. Uh, Detroit is the release of Core Twenty, which is why oh, I can't go rip. So yeah, I won't be able to get the uh, the information on that. But that's the this is the kind of event where my local scene will basically flip the previous set for yeah. like the people who just crack packs are going yep. to flip the previous set for uh, the new stuff, but hold on to a master set for longer because they just expect the cards to accrue. So if things kind of stagnate for a little bit, and, and I think I leave for Detroit in 22 days, 21 days. Yeah. So if in three weeks those cards uh, just don't pick up at all, they just stay low, I wonder if that's what we get at the pre-release with people flipping back. Like, the, the Planeswalkers, of course, because you get rid of a $4 on common Planeswalker when you can. It can't hold forever, right? Yeah. And it's not going to stick around for very long, so, you know, get, yeah, exactly. get it while you can. Yep. So I expect some more, but I wonder if in my area, uh, because people like to gamble and play Commander, if Modern Horizons is what uh, we'll see a lot of on the resell. I think with yeah. A25, I saw my big sell in September, so that was... Like a five month, I think. Yeah. Maybe six month gap. Because that one had the filter lands and a Caracas of a port, right? All these cards that tanked and then eventually began to rebound within a couple yeah. weeks. Like, I think port was almost immediate, but if everything stays stagnant for three ish weeks and there's no additional print ones, so these people can't cycle back in, do they dump? I mean, obviously not the swords or morphon stuff like that, but the standard playables like Hogak or not standard. Yeah, standard I think that stuff gets gets dumped. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and remember and report back on that one because I think that's going to be an interesting data point. Not every environment is like big and robust, and has people that can just shell out money for a lot of singles. Yeah, and not every environment has a bunch of degenerates like mine, who just squirrel yeah. away and like two or three people in their in their community buy a box, they draft it. That's it. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. No, it's uh, it it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm curious where it hits. I think, like we said, though, it's going to be Modern Horizons is where the fatigue hits hardest. And if the fatigue is bad enough, you know, are there people like your guys who just dump all of their stuff into you know M20, and that's what they go for? Yeah. So. Yeah, because these guys don't buy the commander product usually, unless something unless there's something they absolutely need. So I don't expect them to be dumping for that product. I would expect them to yeah. be moving into 2020 because that's the new set. So yeah, I don't know. Time will tell. Although I think it, it seems like everybody kind of agrees that from vendors on down or distro on down, this is probably just going to be the the smallest release of the year. Yeah, which is a shame because this set was pretty good. Yeah, it was very much. I. You know, they got a master set right, 
EDH Masters, whatever you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. It's. I liked it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's and, uh, we'll we'll see how it shakes out, you know. Yeah. Definitely. So I want to move on to picks, but I just got to find mine. How do I spell his name? <laughs> uh, it's it's. Is it one word or is it hyphenated? All right, spoiler alert, it's, it's Slimefoot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Slime and Foot as one word. That's how you spell it. <laughs> it's not, I'm not finding it on stocks. I should have pulled this. There he is. All right, so <laughs> I brought this up a couple of weeks ago in, our, in uh, our, pa- our Patreon Discord because I wanted to give these guys uh, some headroom on it, some, uh, some room to move. But I was, go- I was going through backstock to move my Dominaria cards out of uh, like my little standard fat pack box of things that are playable. And I, I had uh, Tatiova and Slimefoot and some of those guys. Like, all right, a lot of these guys are just hot garbage. These yeah. uncommon legends. But everybody was pumped for Slimefoot. Everybody, but nobody talks about Slimefoot anymore. What is going on with Slimefoot? And I hit uh, TCG and I was like, all right, this is it's like a two dollar foil. What, yeah. What's going on? Like, what happened? And I'll bring up the stocks, and you look at it, the foil. And you're like, okay, it's a $2 foil. It's been flat forever. Why would you bring this up? Well, let me find it on TCG Player. This was the interesting part. If the numbers still hold, Dominaria Slimefoot set foil has a market value of $2.34. But, near mint... And light play only has a, like three pages of sellers. Yep. So it's this is a card that is kind of exemplified by the invisibles that we've talked about here and there, the kitchen table guys. That's where Michael Smith Golem is. Yep. Slimefoot the Stowaway just was sneaky one day and disappeared from the internet. Yeah. It, was, it just dried up. It looks like there are a couple more now than when I last looked. Yeah. But he just piffed. Yeah, when when you brought it up, I think it was down to like 40-something results, and now we're at 80-something Yeah. for near-mint LP everything. And it's it's interesting to see because it's also a relevant tribe, right? Like people people make sapperlings. They've yeah. tried to make sapperlings a thing. It's, it's one of the like, it's not quite elves, but it's a fun tribe that people try to build. Yeah. So it, you know, when you'd mentioned it, I was like, wow, I honestly had forgotten the card existed. Uh, <laughs> it's not a Tatiova. It's not the, the Simic one, right? So yeah. why wouldn't there just be a ton of these floating around? Like 80 some prices for this foil with maybe a hundred unique or a hundred copies on TC players. Really low. Like, yeah. It seems like a lot, but it's not. It, it's actually remarkably low for uh, a f- a set that was in print up until is it three months ago? Yeah, Six three months, months ago. Yeah. And I can verify, and I'll do it again. No showing on EDH Rec. Yeah. 690 decks on EDH Rec play this card. 0.3% of decks on this site play Slimefoot. So it's unless somebody's lot. holding infinite of these and, re- and releases them into the wild... Playing the long game, baby. Yeah, right. They're they're gone. <laughs> and I want to bring up Card Kingdom because I again, I think I searched Card Kingdom, and I think there's their price on the set foils over double. It is about double. 
Yeah. What is... Oh, that's the pre-release, I'm sorry. Two ninety nine. So yeah, it's still about double what's uh, there on TCG yeah. Player, because the low-hanging fruit right now is about a dollar and change. The delta on this card wasn't too bad. You are able to pick it up pretty easily. This is just yeah. a quiet mover. It's quiet. This it's... It's the type of thing that I picked early on with like Sarkin's Unsealing, where I was like, one day you're just going to wake up and it's going to be like a five to ten dollar card. Yeah. I feel like this is one day you're just going to wake up and it's going to be, you know, a five ten dollar foil and you'll be able to buy list pretty easily at that point for profit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right now you can actually sell the set foils back to Card Kingdom for a dollar ninety five after buying them for a dollar thirty something on TCG Player. <laughs> <laughs> Good old buy list arbitrage. Yeah. That's it, crazy. It's an option. Yep. You can do this immediately. That generally says that this card is moving. Like, yeah. It happened earlier today with something we were talking about after a spoiler. We were just talking about a handful of cards, and I just did some quick research between TCG and Card Kingdom and found that in some cases the delta was negative again. Yeah. So you move in. That's move when in. you go. Yeah. And this is one of those things I don't know if I'd go super tall on. I'd probably pick up a playset or two just to, to hold... Because, again, this card is not really publicly played in the sense that it's not on EDH rec, and I really doubt anybody in Architect is putting this up. So this is definitely one of those like casual off the grid kind of yeah cards. The the kitchen table players, like the real kitchen table players yeah. of like, I run ten lightning bolts in a deck. Mm -hmm. That's that's who we're seeing. I would think pick this up because there clearly has been you know some movement on supply so oh yeah absolutely all right and your card my card is... actually ties into the entire topic of this episode i am going for unbound flourishing this card is ridiculous it's the reason that both of us had the picks we had a couple weeks ago when it was helix pinnacle and, and... yes yeah, simic ascendancy because this card's ridiculous in edh yep and especially if modern horizons continues to just be dry Six to seven dollars is incredibly underpriced for a non-foil. Yes. The foils are even down to about twenty-six, which if you follow us on Twitter, I said twenty-five would be about where I'd consider getting in. Mm -hmm. I may not wait till twenty-five. At any rate, this print to demand set, which has a pretty small print run, I think this is the most EDH card in the entire set. Oh yeah. I think it's a mythic and a set that's not gonna be out there a whole lot. It's in a color where this effect is real busted, and it's basically doubling season yep. for something else. And as we've seen with doubling season, which has been reprinted, I don't know, a few times, three, four three. at this uh, point. Modern Masters 1 and Battle Bond. Yeah. So we've had three reprints, and it's still sitting pretty at around like $50. I don't think there's any reason we don't see Unbound Flourishing hit $50 in about a year. No. I, it's, it's too good at what it does. And they, they always print creatures with X on them, spells with X on them. I mean, we're getting a Hydra in 2020. Yeah, with, which has the option to double counters. Already. So you can quadruple it, yep. I guess. Like, Why not? And, you know, it especially... Green doubles pretty well with blue for draw spells, which gives you an extra win con, uh, or makes uh, it easier to have your win cons. You know, being able to stroke or blue sun someone out is half as much mana now. Uh, when he gets a permanent spell. Yeah. And, Man, Torment of Hellfire gets real good with this card. 
Yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah, you might even see this in some of the green black Tron lists. Who yeah. knows? It's it just seems so Timmy, Spike, and Johnny all oh, rolled into yeah. one card, especially since it's three mana instead of five, like doubling season. Yeah. Like it's it just hits the curve at just the right spot. And you know, it was when it first got spoiled. Chilcott tweeted out about it and was like, "Hey, this is the most important card in the set," and I don't know anyone that is disagreed from a financial perspective. No. And especially with, you know, supply on MH being low, please yep. sign me up. This is one of those cards that got pushed to the bottom. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, like Eldamer's call. It was it was stable for a while and I'll bring up the graph. There's really not a whole lot to show in regards to current price, but we can see on stocks here that it started at 40, went to 20 and then just came careening down the last couple of weeks as individual players and uh, smaller stores started just busting their product and listing it on TCG player. And I think a call was made to buy in Thursday or Friday? Friday. Yeah. Because, again, that was I, another card I bought on the floor before the doors opened. I just hit TCG player and bought a, a handful of them. Yeah. The delta right now between TCG low on an LP copy and... Card Kingdom buy price is eighty five cents. Sorry, credit. Yeah, right. Still, that's very very narrow delta, and means that you know short term it's good. Not to mention long term, yeah. the potential you have to gain from that it's just absurd. Yeah, I, I did ask a handful of uh, notable vendors on site what they were what they would think of because there were people there from outside the U.S. that were selling foil snow basics at like. 35% of our retail, or most retail in the room, so they were basically yeah. at or below buy list. Yeah. And so as I, I was catching vendors walking by our booth, I asked them about Unbound Flourishing, and most of them believe that this is a $10 card in the short run, with infinite potential in the long run. Yeah. So this isn't just us kind of pushing here. Like, This is a card that in the long run will hold. Yeah. As long as I don't put it in another core set... Yeah, and I, I don't think, I mean, maybe they want something like this in a core set they have in the past, but I I think it's easy, it's going to be super easy to trade this out at oh, the yeah. 15 to $20 range, and I don't think it's that long before it gets there on buy lists. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, if you want to wait for that, this should be, like you said, pretty easy to trade out, like either at F&Ms or pre-releases where like casuals show up, easy peasy, man. Yeah, this is the type of stuff they love. Oh yeah, 100%. I like, like I said, I I, I bought Unbound Flourishing because I believe in it. At, at six dollars, I believe it. At less, I believe it. At up to ten, and then at that point, that's where I'll hold. I'll stop buying and and I'll just hold. Yeah. Because the card's gonna go. But uh, that's it for us this week. You got anything else? Nope, that's it, guys. Right. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have updates on Twitter throughout the week, of course. Yep. Uh, I am at halt. I am reptar. You are and I am at Thirsty Sizzler. We are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter and Patreon. You can also still enter our raffle for our Uma box by signing up, even the base level, which costs you a whole dollar and gets you access to everything we've been talking about today in channel about negative deltas from TCG to Card Kingdom. You get that. So. Yep. You even find out when I get drunk and just start buying cards, which is always fun. Oh, yeah. Or vomiting on mailboxes as things... <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Alright, guys, we'll see you next week.
Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, See no you. Problem.